The title of this sermon is Preposterous Prayers because when you start to believe in God and you believe in the power of what he can do within your life, you start to pray miracles that go beyond your imagination. Miracles that are saying that you and your life and your purpose are going to be miracles from God. When we look throughout the Bible, we see this over and over. We see people in the Bible that were absolutely blown away by what God can do. One of the the special examples is Joshua. In Joshua 10, uh, verse 12, we see Joshua pray this prayer of, God, I want the sun to stop so that I can beat the snot out of my enemy, which is a really interesting prayer. It's a very powerful prayer. It's a ridiculous prayer. But he says, I want the sun to stop. And then God does a really strange thing. He stops the sun. At least that's how it's kind of said to us, that the sun stops and he's able to defeat his enemy. What's interesting about these verses right here is that just a couple verses before, God tells Joshua, you're going to win this war. You are going to beat these people. And so he has this audacity to say, you know what? If God says that we can beat this group of people, then we're going to do it. And so, God, I want you to make the sun stop so I can finish today. He takes it a step further and has this preposterous prayer of stop the sun so I can finish right now. As you kind of dig into this miracle, it's really interesting. A lot of people have this hypothesis that it had something to do with where Mars was and how Mars affected the seasons and made this really long day, which coincides with a Chinese legend that talks about this really long night. So there's this time period where this actually happens. And the theory is that around 701 BC, the Romans, they change our calendar to 365 and a quarter days a year because the seasons had changed. But before that, it was about 360 days a year. And it was in resonant orbits with Mars. Mars is like 968, somewhere around there. This is a science lesson now, so enjoy. But they go, and every about 108 years, they'd be really close to each other. So what happened was, in those 108 years, there would be a catastrophic event that happened on Earth. And about seven events can be described because of what happens here. And so if that all happened, if it happened just like that, then it could have affected the season in which there was this extremely long day. The other interesting part of this is when you look at these ancient legends, uh, the mythologies of Greek and, and Roman, and you kind of look at those, they always talk about Mars and how scary it is, which is kind of funny because if you've ever looked into the atmosphere and you've seen Mars, it's really not that scary. I mean, you can barely see it. You can barely tell it's not a star. So was Mars ever close enough to where it would be scary? Perhaps, maybe. If you look at Gulliver's Travels, in the 17th century, he writes about the two moons of Mars. And one of the moons is going in the opposite direction, which would make it the only moon in the universe that we know of that does that. Well, we actually know that to be true, but we didn't find that out to the 19th century when we had telescopes. So was Mars close enough to where they could see the moons and then pass that down until he writes it in his book? Or did he just get lucky and he, and he wrote it? And that could be true too. I mean, there's people that debate this stuff, and it's so interesting. And God could have done this miracle in various ways. But what I would like to do today is jump to the point. And the point is this. Joshua believed in a way to have preposterous faith. Or in your notes it says, Joshua had the faith to pray something preposterous. 
I love this about Joshua, and I want the same type of faith. I want us to have the same type of faith. Joshua believed in miracles. He believed when God said it, it would happen. And he believed in such a powerful way that he would pray these kind of prayers. When we have belief in God, it's supposed to cause a reaction. We should have a reaction to God. Reaction is the new name of our junior high group. And I love this name. You see it up here with our new logo, and it's got the JH, kind of an element, Adam sort of feel to it. But I love it because what it means is action in response to some influence or event. So in our case, when we have a reaction to Christ becoming the Savior of our life, it's supposed to cause reaction. It's supposed to cause a change. We should see a difference because of what God is doing in our life. Belief in God causes a reaction. Somewhere in the daily tasks of life, the daily mundane sort of boring parts of life where you brush your teeth and you do your hair and you go to work, we've lost the power of prayer. I always think of it like this. Let's say you came to me and you had a need and I gave you a blank check. And I said, whatever you need, you just, you just write on this check and you cash it. And in your head you think, well, I really need a car. <laughs> so... I need to get to work. I need to do all these things that would kind of get me going. And so you write $20,000, and you go, and you cash it. And it bounces. And you come back to me, and I laugh because I said, did you really think I have $20,000 in the bank? I meant like two hundred. On the right day, that would have cashed. And so this is sort of what we did with prayer. We had these prayers to God, and we kind of expected God to answer a certain way, but it didn't happen that way. So we went back, and we're like, well, and so... It went down to 20,000 to 200 to, I don't even know if he hears these prayers. Now, as opposed to Bill Gates walks up and hands you a blank check. Now, let's pretend you don't know who Bill Gates is. In fact, somebody, does anyone not know who Bill Gates is? No, no participation, that's cool. So Bill Gates hands you this check, and you don't know who he is, and you think again, well, I need a car. So you write $20,000, you take it, it cashes. You're so excited. You bring the car and you show me. And I go, wow, how did you get this? And you say, this guy, Bill Gates, gave me a blank check. And I go, Bill Gates, you probably could have wrote $2 million and that, that check would have cashed. And inside you're thinking, man, I, I appreciate that I have this car. But for the rest of your life, you think I had this check. I could, I could have put $2 million on it, but I didn't. And so now I have this car. It's kind of this weird, like you're happy, but you're not. This, when we think about this, do we really think that God isn't as big as Bill Gates? That Bill Gates somehow is bigger than God? Because Bill Gates is really, probably, you know, really, really wealthy. He could buy a mountain. But we know that God can speak mountains into existence, right? He can just carve them out with his hands. And we know that Bill Gates probably has enough money to buy an island, which is really nice. But we know that God could tap the ocean and put islands in it. So we know that God is bigger than Bill Gates. We can all sort of agree with that. But when it comes to reality of saying, I want God to do preposterous prayers. I want to see him do miracles with my life. Somewhere along the way, we have lost The passion that says that is true. Here's what the Bible says about this. James 4, 2. You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have 
because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Here's what's going on inside of you. There's these two natures that are fighting constantly. It's the human nature versus the new nature. You are born with human nature. It's very natural. Right now, human nature is going on. Half of you are thinking, man, I forgot breakfast, and I really can't wait for lunch. And you're just kind of, your mind is somewhere else. Or you're texting, and you're playing words with friends and draw something. I've been there. I understand. And you're kind of like, this human nature is fighting with this new nature that's saying, preposterous prayers. I barely pray. I mean, if it's dinner, yeah, we pray before dinner. That's about it. I have never really been praying preposterous prayers. I need to do that. And those two natures are always fighting. You wake up in the morning and it's like Pac-Man with those little dots and you say, self, 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 self. And there's ghosts chasing you after you. And so you think, you think, I, what do I want to do today? What, what do I want to have for breakfast? Where do I want to go for lunch? What do I want to do over here? And where do I want to have fun? It's just this self thing, this human nature of all about you. As opposed to waking up in this new nature taking over. The new nature would be, man, how can I spend time with God today? How can I pray this morning? How can I make, I have to go to work, but how can I make today different in the way that I am today? How can I talk to somebody at lunch? You're thinking of others constantly. And those two natures are in constant battling with each other. The Bible says this about this. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then it speaks of those things. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as this. And it lists some more. You've taken off your old self with its practices, and you put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Galatians 5.16, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. When we believe in God, it's supposed to cause a reaction. That reaction is, I believe in such a way that God still does miracles with my life, that he has a purpose for my life. When we believe in God, it causes our life to accelerate. This is the new name of our high school group. I love this name, Accelerate. You see it up there with the HS, which stands for high school. Accelerate means to cause faster or greater activity, development, progress, advancement, etc., we should see greater activity when we accelerate for God. Here's, here's a good example. If you have two dogs that are fighting each other, and they are about the same size, which dog is going to win? The answer is the dog that is fed more. So the way you get a dog to be super aggressive, if all of you are wondering this with your dogs, you want them to be super aggressive, and you get them to where you just feed them constantly, and if you feed him so much that he is constantly eating, he will be aggressive, and he will start to just always be salivating and wanting more. When you look throughout history and you look at war, the side that usually won had much more to do with who was fed better, 
who was fed constantly. In fact, in our own history, the Civil War, the passion of the South was probably greater than the North. The leadership of the South was greater than the North. But the North had the factories, and they just kept feeding their armies. So they had ammo and fresh people and fresh outfits and guns and food just constantly going in until finally the North won just based on it being fed more. When we talk about accelerating our faith, the side that's going to win inside of you is the one that you feed more. If you are feeding your human nature, if you wake up daily and it's all about self, self will win. It will win. And for many people in the world, it wins so much so that they end up dying at some point and they look back and they had all the natural moments, the joys, but what they could say of who they affected, of what God did with their life, it's just, yeah, it was good. It was fine. And that's a good story. But a new nature, if you are feeding that nature and you're waking up daily and saying, how can I serve God more today? How can I spend time in the word today? How can I pray preposterous prayers and believe that God will answer them? How can I help the oppressed? How can I push beyond and be the church all over the world? That is the new nature. And if you feed that daily, it will win. It will absolutely win. Suddenly your days will change because you're starting it and ending it with God. And if you do that daily, you will accelerate your relationship with God. When I used to lead youth uh, mission trips, I would get so bugged because they would always come back and one or two would say the same thing. They would say, I get it now. I get it. God has blessed us. We are just so blessed, and I, I will never forget God's blessings. And it sounds really good until you dig a little deeper into it and what they're saying. What they're saying is because we have so much, we are blessed by God. And I always sort of challenge them and say, is that really blessings from God? I was just in Chile a few months ago, and when I was there, I had I was staying in this house that was about the size of this speaker up to me, and, and I was in this bed, and I was in the daughter's uh, room. She was with her parents. And when I was in the daughter's room, on the wall was this wind chime, which was weird because there's no windows. And I said, what is this wind chime? And the daughter says, oh, that's my toy. And I go, oh, just immediately like, oh, I wish I hadn't asked that question because her toy, her one toy is a wind chime. And then it started to hit me that every day she wanted to go to church. Why did she want to go to church? Because that's where the playground was. That's where the food was. That's where they sang songs and did crafts and played games. And every night, all of her friends would be there. Why? Because that is where all the joy was in her life. So who is more blessed? The one that gets to constantly be thinking about God and the new nature of every single day are us that gets home and is so distracted that we schedule church in. We have to fit it in amongst activities. You're thinking about soccer and this and that and everything, and it's just like, I have to fit church in. I have to fit this into my schedule. Are we more blessed? I don't know. But I know that the human nature and the new nature is fighting And if we don't feed this one, we're not going to be accelerating our faith for God. Belief in God causes a reaction. Belief in God accelerates your faith. And belief in God builds momentum. It creates momentum in your life. Momentum is the new name of our college and beyond group. 
We do CB up there. It's already gone. You missed it. So CB is college and beyond. Uh, what that means is if you are in college group, then yeah, obviously you go there. But if you are not of college, but you're near that age, yeah, you can also go. You just can't be too old. If you're too old, then you're not allowed. But acceler- accelerate means, or no, momentum means a quantity expressing the motion of a body or system. Momentum. I love this word because it's talking about the motion of the church. What is the motion of our church? What is the motion of our people, of you? Because when you believe in God, it creates motion. If belief in God depended on who God was, I mean, if your belief, and you, you, you come to know God, and all of a sudden you're saying, okay, I believe God. Now be the big God that I know you are. But I, just, I believe, so I expect your miracles around the world. What would happen? Well, AIDS would be cured by now. Poverty would be eliminated Every person in every nook and cranny of the world would have heard about Christ 17 times by now. The belief in God and how big he is is not the momentum of who he is. You are the momentum. He says, I want you to be the motion of who I am. Yeah, I'm big. I could do anything, but I choose to use you. And I want to see your faith in action around the world. I want to see the motion of the church representing me. That is the vision. That is the preposterous prayers that he begins to answer because you start to believe that God can do anything. And because he says it in his, in his word, we expect it to be true. And he starts to turn even our mistakes into miracles. One of my favorite stories in a book called Sun Stand Still is about this guy who he, um, he comes into the church and he's absolutely changed by the church. His life has been moved in such a way that he never wants to go back. And we've heard this kind of story. It's a beautiful story of life change. But the life he had before, he had done so much that he had to pay a price for. And he had to go to court. And that church came around. This is a true story. They came around him, and they they defended him, and they went to the judge, and they said he's had a life change, but he still had to pay the consequences for what he did before. And the judge gave him 50 years in prison. Now, for most new Christians, that would have been devastating. It would have absolutely said, oh, my preposterous prayer was to get out of these 50 years, and you didn't answer it. And they probably would have backed away, but that's not what this guy does. Instead, he has eight months before he has to start his his jail term. And so he goes to the church and says, teach me everything you can about evangelism. I want to be ready. I want God to use me in my mistake. And the story goes on, and this jail is absolutely turned upside down. They start Bible studies. People come to know Christ. There is a a revival that happens inside this jail. Why? Because he was the momentum of God. He was the motion of the church. He was so moved that he said, I believe in you, God, and I know that I can be your miracle. And even my mistakes, where I have messed up, I'm going to use for you. Because I believe in you. And God said, okay, let's change this whole jail cell. Let's change this whole jail because of your belief. Belief in God causes a reaction. We need to react for God. Belief in God causes our relationship with him to accelerate. Are you going to feed the new nature every single day and accelerate your faith with him? 
And belief in God causes momentum. We are the momentum of God. We are the motion of God. Let's pray. God, we are moved by you. You are a big God. You can do anything, and we will believe in preposterous prayers just as you did in the Bible. God, use us. I pray every day we wake up and we are used by you. Thank you for these young people who are believing that you can do absolutely anything. Use them. And God, if we're still breathing in this room, we still have a choice in front of us. God, I pray that everyone in this room would choose to react and accelerate and have momentum for you. In Jesus' name, amen.